Welcome to the Second in Command podcast, produced by the COO Alliance and brought to you by its founder, Cameron Harold. In the Second in Command podcast, we talk to top COOs who share the insights, strategies, and tactics that made them the chief behind the chief. And now, here's your host, Cameron Harold. Kevin's role as the chief operating officer is to complement Pat Lyons in his chief executive position, driving the SNS vision while building and implementing and operating a scalable and sustainable business to support the needs of customers today and in the future. Outside of work, when Kevin is not spending time with his wife, Helen, and their three kids, you'll find him playing a round of golf or fishing on a quiet lake. Kevin also enjoys mountain biking, motorsports such as F1, baseball, rugby, and he's a big fan of sci-fi. He's also a member of the COO Alliance, and uh, Kevin is based in the UK, and currently he and his wife are both raising their kids and working from home because we're in the midst of this COVID-19 virus outbreak um, that's happening globally right now. So Kevin, welcome to the Second Command Podcast. Cameron, yeah, good to speak to you today. Yeah, so why don't you, um, let's let's not dive right into the whole COVID-19, but I want to cover that a little bit, but just tell us a little bit what Sullivan Stanley is and um, you know what you guys do as a company and we can kind of start from there. Yeah, no, yeah, the background to Sullivan Stanley um, was primarily um, around Pat's career, in, in previous career. So Pat was a very successful um, senior interim recruiter uh, in the executive space and so built an amazing network of um, CXOs over many, many years. Um, he got to a point where um, he realized that, that that market needed to change, um, saw an opportunity around where those those skills and those talents were being used, um, aligned to sort of management consultancy. So where Sullivan Stanley was born was, was out of that that sort of pivoting moment in, in Pat's career, um, where we we built a, a model around uh, business transformation. Um, and it was designed to, to challenge the management consultancy model that exists today, um, but leveraging uh, the power of the crowd. So one of the unique aspects of, of our model is, is building a community of what, what would be considered contractors uh, as a global term, but we call them associates, to, to help us um, sort of deliver sort of business transformation and change uh, across any element within the business, but primarily at the moment focused around technology. So. So yeah, that that's how the company started. That's the journey we're on. It's it's four years old. Um, I joined uh, early last year to to help Pat. And as you, you know, as you said in the introduction, uh, primarily is is to build scalability and structure. Um, the model was really really successful, and it just needed the um, sort of the the structure in place to help it grow, not just in the UK but around the world. Awesome. And if I was to put kind of put some of that in layman's terms, or just to reframe for myself. Yeah. Could I say that you have a team of freelancers um, globally who operate as teams and go in and do the work that the big major kind of consulting firms like Bain and McKinsey might do? Yeah, I mean, that, in essence, that's it. Um, there's a services wrap around that. Um, so it's not just about, um, you know, providing capability and skills within that Um that, that community. I mean, is, there's a services wrap on that to ensure that we deliver it. So what, what we focus is, is building a, an engagement with a client that is, is strong around deliverables and outcomes, which is really, really quite critical right now in, in today's market, especially with what's going on with, with COVID-19. So, um, but that, that's, that's basically the model. Um, it is designed um, not, on, not on purpose, arguably, but it does challenge the traditional 
management consultancy model where you know there is there's a there's a potential to be a playbook approach in that in that respect and you know in my career that's one of the reasons i joined sullivan stanley i'd been on the receiving end of that um many many times in, in both the, the organizations i worked with the legs mark and xerox where you know there was, there was significant time spent money spent on you know a management consultancy model that didn't Bear, bear any fruits of the business. If anything, it, it provided a, a massive disruption. So, I think when when Pat approached me and we talked about the model that he was looking at, and I actually been involved, ironically, before the company started, he, he used me as a bit of a sounding board to to test the model out in my prior role, and I loved it. Um, I really did. I thought it was it was a smart play, you know, to, to bring a community of individuals together that um, are experts, um, that are proven experts, that have lived it. Um, they've got the scars, as, as we say, um, you know, to be able to bring together that high-performing team to, you know, in essence, solve some of the some of the world's most complex business problems was, was just an amazing model. So, <clears throat> so tell about what kind of clients do you look for? Walk us through the typical kinds of engagements that you like to have as a company. Yes, and, and that's that's an interesting one for us right now because you know there's there's high demand in, in what we're doing, and I think we challenge ourselves on that because we we look at it um, as a front to back model. So in some cases, um, you know we'll be looking at leadership advisory, um, change change management in that respect as well, all the way down to delivery and engineering. So you know we, we can arguably cover again front to back everything in organisation. What we're looking for though is is, is clients that um, one resonate with with our approach. It, it will be a miss of us to just chase every opportunity, every deal. Um, even though there's plenty of them out there right now, you know we are looking for clients that are um, resonating with our approach, um, that are willing to to look at change. Um, and one of the this was one of the ways we've approached that is we've got our own scorecard called Change Ready, Change Ready Six. Mm. So we we can go into a business. Um, and, and identify the leadership team, right? You know, at board level, are they, although they want to change, are they ready for change uh, and transformation? So, you know, we're really, we're really quite diligent up in the engagement process up front to make sure that we qualify the right kind of client in. Because, um, you know, that the, the intention is not to, to drive for every opportunity. It, it, we are looking for clients that are um, definitely aligned to our business model right now. Sure. How many markets do you operate in? As in countries? Yeah. Um, we're, we're operating now four countries. Um, the UK is still the base. Uh, we've got international business now that takes us into, into mainland Europe. So we have engineering teams in Hungary. We, we've been growing um, our network out in, in Netherlands right now. Um, obviously been challenging over the last, last few weeks, but we put, put a lot of investment into that to be a Northwest sort of EMEA hub, um, looking for business around Europe. The, the, I suppose one of the, the opportunities and challenges we've had is, is, is definitely making sure there's a cultural alignment. Um, you know, the, the model we have using those mm. um, associates in, in some countries that is, is more challenging because of employment. Sure. So, so I think we're being quite purposeful on, again, the countries we, we operate in, um, even though some of our clients are already, they're already global by nature, right? So I think the great, the great aspect of the model is, and it's really relevant right now, is that technically we can work from any country for any country. So we are we're doing work right now, arguably in the UK, for you know a global retailer that has a footprint in multiple countries. You know, we don't have to be present in that country to to still help them with their business transformation. 
Got it. Okay. Makes sense. Now, so let's, let's talk a little bit about this whole COVID-19 thing right now. So how is this impacting your business and how are you working around that? Does a lot of your work happen on site with clients or do you, do you do much of that remotely? Yeah. So, I mean, there's two angles to it. I think one, the, 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 S, the SNS team itself. Um, so people that are in the, in the London HQ, um, you know, we've operated a very much cloud centric model anyway. Um, and we've, we've had a very flexible way of working. We, we've been generally trying to create a model organization for ourselves. Um, you know, we've definitely got to practice what we preach um, to, our, to our clients. So, so we, we've been sort of running that model in the background anyway. Um, so when we made the decision last week um, before the, the government obviously forced the situation to, to work remotely, it was actually relatively straightforward for us. Um, so as, as a team, you know, we, we already had the tech in place to be able to, you know, like with Zoom um, and with handouts to be able to communicate with each other via video, all of the information that we, we use, whether it's our CRM, uh, all of the, all the systems are in the cloud already. So literally I could walk everyone out of the office, flick the switch and, and we could operate remotely. And we have been successfully um, ever since, yeah. um, which is okay. great. Our, our associates in the field with clients, um, uh, again, similar model, um, but we've had to align to to the way the customers have been set up. So, you know, in this current climate, we've, we've taken their lead. But right as we speak right now, 100% of our associate base that are working for customers are working remotely uh, and have a, no issue. Uh, most of our clients um, have, have obviously done that with all their teams anyway. But we, we operate a Slack model uh, as well. So we, we use Slack with our teams. So we've had to continue communication with um, with our associates um, and we, we have individual teams and channels within that based at client level so you know we've, we've been an enabler for them um, but also we've aligned very closely to to what the customers wanted to do as well respected that and and you know up until this moment we, we've had no issue operating like that and if anything the customers are encouraging it um, I think the the way we contract with with clients is, is primarily around deliverables and outcomes so under, under UK legislation, although that did get delayed by a year because of um, COVID-19, but it, it, there was no, no requirement for a contract or somebody in that, that model to be on site in the client's environment. You know, they, they actually encouraged the work to be done off site um, and just, just measured on deliverables. It's amazing. This is going to seem like a bit of a silly question, but I was just sitting looking at, um, at kind of my prep page in your bio and where did the name Sullivan Stanley come from? Was it just picked to make you guys look like a typical kind of consulting agency? Well, there's two answers to this. One, one's a, <laughs> a funny one for the call, but uh, the I actually have hired since um, two individuals into my team with surnames Sullivan Stanley. Okay, <laughs> so that's awesome. I, I could say they were the founders, but that, that clearly is not the right answer. No, I mean, it was it, it, it's Pat's children. Um, so Pat's awesome. got two lovely boys, um, one called Sullivan, one called Stanley. And I think when Pat was thinking about what he was trying to do, um, and, and again, the, the vision was really clear, you know, it was to inspire a future work for the next generation. So I think he was looking at his kids and thinking, right, we know the kind of environment um, we need to create for the future of business is really clear to him and, and clear to me now. I really and love what that. what better way to start that than to call the company by your kids' names, you know, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's a really touching moment. And, and Pat's got a great video online for anyone that wants to look at that um, through the website. But um, yeah, I think it was perfect. And it, and it just means every day we, you know, we get up and work for Southern Santa. We There's this purpose behind it. And it's around our children, around the future of business and for an environment for the next generation. That's really great. That's a really, it's a, it's actually a really touching story, but I think it ties 
so closely into the core purpose of the organization that it actually makes such logical sense. Yeah. Really interesting. Have you guys ever had any press around the name? In what respect, sorry? Have you had any press coverage around the, the name and how the name was selected and how it ties into your core purpose, like how a company chooses its name? Um, not really, no. I mean, I know the, the essence of um, the business when it started was, was primarily around media. So one of Pat's first hires was a, a media expert. So we sort of did our own, um, you know, right at the beginning, did our own sort of press around that. Um, but we didn't really engage, well, again, I wasn't there at the time, but we, we didn't really engage in any kind of story around the name itself, other than the video that, that Pat originally did, which obviously shared within the community, within the network. Um, but it's an interesting one, actually. We should probably look back on that because it is, it is important. Um, we've got actually a piece of work coming up that we did with um, CBS News, which hopefully will get um, launched in the US in, in a couple of months. Um, and it does; it is mentioned in there as well, by the way. So that that yeah, good. The articulate message. I think it has to become one of the core <laughs> five messages that your company always mentions in every sales pitch to every yeah. potential customer, to every media journalist that you can talk to on social media. It has to become part and parcel of how you explain your services and your products and your people is that the reason we chose our name is to be this company that passes on and works through these generations. And um, it just, it was such a cognizant reason for starting. It's not just a saying that goes up on the wall. Agreed. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a really important point. Um, it's interesting. And even beyond Pat's children, you know, as, as you pointed out on my intro, you know, I've got three kids similar age to Pat. And, you know, especially right now, um, in a very, very humble way, it, it, it resonates every day. You know, I've got my kids at home. I'm looking at what the world's going to look like in six months' time. And I'm, I'm, I'm beyond passionate now on making this reality for the future generation. You know, I... I I've got, a, I've got an ability in my career now that has got really laser focus um, around creating an environment of future work, um, future business for, for the next generation. And, and that, that, for me, in my career, that, that will be amazing. If I, and I will achieve it with Pat and the team. Um, and the, the purpose there is, you know, is just beyond belief, where, you know, especially with the current environment we're living in right now. Yeah, really interesting. I really like it. Um, all right, so how did, how did Kevin find you? Or how did uh, um, how did Pat find you? How did you guys end up connecting at the beginning? Yeah, and I, I think there's another one that links to the, the power of the crowd and our model around community. So um, I, I'd done some work early in my career, um, around 2005, 2006, with uh, a gentleman called Adrian Stallam. He he was working in um, a retailer in the UK called uh, Dixon's at the time, an electrical retailer, and they were going through a transformation. And he was he was running the program of work there. So arguably, he was my customer. Um, we built a great relationship. Um, we did a, a big technical transformation for that organisation over many many months. Um, so we got to know each other really really well. We shared some common interests around things like photography as well. So I I, I kept that relationship. You know, I've, I've been passionate around I'm building my own network over many many years as, as Pat has in different ways. Um, and I've kept in contact with Adrian and it was, it was last year that, um, we, um, I decided to, you know, a normal catch up, grab a beer as you do in the UK in a pub. Uh, and we were talking about the journey Adrian had been on and he had been working for, um, SNS at that time, probably, you know, two and a half coming into three years. 
Um, and he was actually asking for my my advice on you know potential experts coming to take the position of COO. So at, at that time, I was actually in a sales leadership role. So it wasn't an obvious choice um, at that moment in time. But we we started talking over this beer, and I, and I was already looking at you know some of the people in my network that could potentially you know provide that kind of service to the, to the business. And it was literally on the way home. We were driving home, and we actually phoned each other back. And I went, I can. That's that's me. I'm lo- I was looking <laughs> back over my career and going, that's me. You know, I, I've, I've I've had the you know I've had a really great career, real great opportunity with both organisations to take many many roles. And I thought, you know, this is this is the moment. I can bring this all together now in one role with one clear vision around supporting a CEO to to fulfil the vision of the business. And I thought that that's me. So. You know, the rest was history, really. Um, Adrian set up um, the uh, the meeting with Pat, and we we had a relatively extensive process because it's important, right? You know, second in command, as you say, it's you know you can't make the mistake with that hire. So you know, we both mm-hmm. did um, quite a diligent process with each other, and um, and you know, obviously never looked back. And I joined last year, so so yeah, the, definitely the power of the crowd, you know, the community, um, you know, managing community is important because you know that arguably got me the opportunity to to get to know Pat and, and get the opportunity to to join Sullivan Stanley. And how do you guys stay on the same page? I mean, he's you know Pat's clearly got a good vision for what he's building, what what you guys are doing as an organization. <clears throat> how do you stay on the same page as he is uh, with vision? And then how do you get him to stay on the same page with you in terms of the plan <clears throat> and the execution and where where you're going or how you're going to get it make it happen? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would start on um, trust with that one. I think it was, you know, Pat, Pat realized that, you know, the relationship we needed to have, and I wanted this, needed to be extremely tight, probably tighter than any other relationship in my career I've had. And, and, and Pat wanted that. So we spent some personal time, even before I started, to really get to know each other um, so that we could build that level of trust so that, um, yeah, we knew each other, how each other ticked. And that was important because, you know, Pat is a is an amazing entrepreneur. Um, his thought process um, and drive is, is very different to mine, which is great. We do complement each other very well. So, you know, that we had to start out on the right foot, and and, and, it, and it worked. It really did. It was, you could argue, it was a degree of fate <laughs> in, in in where we got to. Because, you know, I, I don't think I ever want to work with another another man of his you know his caliber. Now, I, I'm sort of, I think I'm done now in my career. Um, <laughs> so, we started out in that place. Um, I think the the cadence and the approach on making sure that we are, you know, challenging each other, um, being open and honest with each other. Um, and and that, that did get built over time. You know, we, we were trying to, you know, find each other's sort of barriers to that, um, how we approach difficult conversations, um, both with each other and, and with members of staff. So, you know, it has taken, taken time to, to, to grow um, closer with each other and build that trust, build that bond. Um, and now, and now we're, you know, we're, especially in this current environment, we're in constant communication, um, even though we're remote. Um, we, um, you know, we're, we're relentlessly transparent with each other on everything. Um, you know, we talk about um, chatter as a concept, you know, so that we, you know, we're constantly feeding into each other what we're hearing. Um, we're challenging each other on the the concept of, of the vision and the direction, how we're building the operating model, the, um, the organizational structure behind it. Um, and, and we expand that to the leadership team as well. But I think it's that constant communication, um, constant challenge in, in a positive way. And the fact we know each other's strengths. Um, and I think, Cameron, you know, the the, the first um, COI Alliance session I went on a few weeks back was 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 great because it gave me a, a foundation as well to 
um, so we'll even challenge the leadership team looking at their strengths, their capabilities um, to make sure that we're, we're totally aligned. Um, so that, that, was, that was a great takeaway I got from that session, but I already had it with Pat. Um, That's great. I think, yeah, I think this environment is definitely testing when we're remote. Um, so we, you know, we're, you know, we are over communicating, which is great. Um, but you know, it's important, right? It's this, the, you know, we've got to come, you know, we're seeing an opportunity in a good way to be able to help, um, our clients, um, both existing and new in this, in this current challenging environment. And we really care about it. So, um, mm. you know, everything <clears throat> we do has got to be purposeful. We're making sure that we're not just getting busy, um, and that we're focusing on what's important, maybe less so than what's urgent right now. That's interesting. All right. So you and he have got a great working relationship, stay on the same page. One of the core roles of the COO is always to be able to say no to the entrepreneur to kind of be the person who really, as I say, um, kind of calls them out and lets them know that they're standing naked, right? The emperor's new suit. How yeah. do you, how do you tell Pat that, you know, either a, yeah, it's a great idea, but now is not the time or, um, or B that, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it, thanks for the idea, but we're never doing it. How do you balance that out with him and how do you do it? Yeah, it's a really, it's a really good question. Um, I mean, yeah, Pat by nature is, is, is got an amazing brain. So he's, he's constantly coming up with great ideas, which, uh, actually all eventually will need to be put into production. But yeah, I do, I do have to, I wouldn't say rein it in, it's probably not the right way of phrasing it, but, um, definitely challenge it because uh, you know we, if we boil the ocean we're going to get nowhere so I, I think it did it started out with that trust in the beginning uh, I, I can um, be professionally um, brutal to Pat in that respect to to say no it's not the right time and and definitely give him counsel and, and advice um, looking at all the different options so I, I definitely would do my research um, I won't just go in with a no it'll be um, you know, I've evaluated the situation, you know, especially where we are right now with looking forward. Um, you know, I've had to do a lot of groundwork to evaluate the situation and, and the options and the direction we could take um, and give that clearly to Pat and then and then have a positive challenge around it to say, well, actually, no, that's, that's definitely not the right thing to do now. And here's the reasons why. Um, and this is what we could look at in the future. And, and that will be the right time to introduce that kind of change or, or, or adaption to the business. But, but yeah, we, we, we've, because it's a really good foundation to the relationship. I, I can right. just be very genuine, Pat, and just say no. And these, But I do my homework. I don't just say no. I definitely always have an answer to, to suggest the reasons why and give some options and alternatives. Now, do you ever do that um, you know, with the other members of the team around, or do you only say no to him privately? I'm curious how you, how you may do it publicly or if you ever do. No, I, I think that's to, to respect the position of the CEO. Um, we never want to undermine each other in in, in the broader team context. Um, may, maybe a little bit more so in the leadership team and when we're doing board meetings. Um, but but generally, no, I respect respect his position, and we normally will do that um, outside um, of of the rest of the team. And I think they they respect that as well. I think they the last thing they you know that anyone would want to see is you know that that kind of healthy debate. And it normally is. It's never never an argument. It's just a healthy debate. You know, I, I do I do maintain the privacy around that, and I think that's the right approach. Yeah, I used to try to do that at one hundred. Got junk with Brian. I used to try to have any of the big issues that I disagreed with. I would deal with him one on one directly. But I was also I think we built a really strong culture at our leadership team level that it was really okay for anyone to debate the issue with anyone else sitting at the table if we were debating the issue <clears throat> for the good of the company. And yeah. it was almost 
it was almost like, dude, I don't want to have to tell you this privately. I disagree with what you're saying. And here's why. Um, and the rest of the team would kind of get it, but it was always a balancing act between, you know, how, how much, how often am I disagreeing with them versus how often am I like figuring out what he's saying? And sometimes I think, as you said, it's, it's about getting more information and, um, kind of getting more of the data and before we, before we react to, to their ideas too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm normally, a, I'm a, I've always been a good listener. Um, is my natural trait. You know, I definitely mm. want to absorb the information and then process it and come back with a response. So I think, yeah, that, that is, I mean, something I'm learning by the way, as I grow, because sometimes you don't have the time to do that. You've got to capture the moment, but um, I definitely try and take everyone's point of view um, and come back with a, a very structured response that, you know, puts the line of sight to the client, you know, line of sight to the customer. I think we've always got to remember why we're here. You know, we're here to serve, serve our, serve our customers, but also for the health of the business as well. Um, so that we don't get too distracted from, you know, the, the core purpose that, you know, we have set out on the call right now. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. One of the, one of the questions I just have was um, just kind of, oh shit. I just lost it now as well. Um, Let's talk, talk about kind of coordinating the team. So, so you guys have got, how many members are on your leadership team now? We've got four, four in the leadership team. Okay, and, and you're all remote, correct? We are now, yeah. How do you organize and, and keep all those members of the leadership team on the same page? What kind of meeting rhythms do you have as a, to operate as a leadership team or to operate the company by? Yes, there's a leadership team in place cadence of one one session every 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 other day so we do a monday a longer session on monday to to set out how the week's going to play out um so we get complete alignment on how we're driving the rest of the team we we check in then on a wednesday um so i've done one today and then we do do another one on a friday um so that's at a leadership team level i think in this current climate as a as a broader team we're actually doing one at the morning one every morning and one at the end of the day so we're trying to keep regular communication face-to-face over video conferencing with the entire team um to just get a check-in and just make sure that they're you know they're in a good place um you know because of the you know the potential impact mentally in this current environment being stuck at home that doesn't work for everybody um but just to make sure that we've got complete alignment to to you know arguably the three key goals that we focused on right now which is to protect our current you know base to customers and associates promote the business from within as well um to make sure that we're looking after the business health and then and then then actually grow it um to, you know to help you know new new customers and we actually in this current climate we actually are winning business um which is which is great for us um but primarily it's because of what services we offer right i think the the role around transformation is going to be so important right now where you've got a lot of organizations that were not, not ready for this um you know to operate in a very digital environment with their you know with their their business model so yeah, so it's a bit of a mix, really. So three, three times a week from the leadership team level, and then every day with the the broader team, just to make sure we're all aligned. Mm, okay. Um, in terms of growing your people, do you guys have any kind of mentality or methodology internally? I know you that you just came to the last COO Alliance event that we had in um, in Arizona. In fact, you actually flew from the UK over to the event just to grow your your own skills. What systems do you have in place to grow your team or to grow your employees? Or do you guys yeah, do that? Yeah, no, and this, this has been been a been a great part of joining SNS. I mean, we 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 take it a very broad approach to it. So around um, personal growth, um, and that could be anything from how to help somebody be a better version of themselves from a physical point of view, from a health point of view, from a dietary point of view. So Pat's introduced into the into our network 
both for the employees and associates um, experts in that field, right? So, and we actually did a call on that today with um, with a life coach expert around nutrition and how to manage um, yourself working from home. So, and we 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 extend that to the network. So there's that there's that side to it. Um, we definitely promote that by by giving sort of access to gym and all that kind of stuff because you know we, we definitely want a healthy team. Um, with there's individual coaching being provided to um, to the team as well based on particular needs um, so that, that that exists today and one of the hires that we made more recently was um, Adrian Stanham who, who's the gentleman that got me into SNS um, but we brought him in as a permanent player and he's our chief strategic coach so you know he has got a coaching background so not only does he help clients and and our associates but he's also helping the team internally as well outside of that we've got a, mm. um, a really really rigorous structure which we built around the four by four model um, which is looking at um, best performance, best results, being a hero, and then what makes what makes us crazy. Um, so it's a, it's a structured approach we've got for every member of the team, um, which we which we go through on a on a it's on ninety day cadence. A lot of what we do in the business is around ninety days, but we we do a check in every every month on that, um, and out of that will become opportunities to um, to help develop the team, give them um, extra training, extra um, extra learning especially right now, we, we see um, it's a great opportunity to, to provide a platform for that. So I'm already looking at other e-learning opportunities for the team. Um, I think it might be one of your suggestions, Cameron, but, you know, we're doing a book a week now with the team as well. So that wow. a bit of a book club going on. Um, so we're going to, we do a wrap up on a Friday to, um, you know, to get feedback and learnings from what everyone took from that as well. We, again, because the network is, is full of experts, we're, we're trying to leverage that. So we've got, um, we, we work with another expert around um, sales and proposal building to um, to run multiple sessions uh, with the team to to take them to the next level. Um, I've done a session around um, negotiation training as well because um, I I've been on a couple of quite advanced trainings myself and I wanted to share that experience with the team. So I think at every you know in every level of the business, um, whether it's about the individual themselves um, or about skills or capability, we're trying to provide an ongoing learning platform um, to improve the capability because I think generally we want everyone to be the best version of themselves. Um, it's a two-way street though. They, they need to lean in and, and take that opportunity. And, and I think that's where the coaching comes in to try and encourage uh, and give, give people the, you know, the, the understanding of what benefit that will bring to themselves and the business in the longer term. Yeah, it's interesting. We had uh, at a recent, <clears throat> I guess at the CEO Alliance event about a year ago, we were talking about uh, growing our people and how we had to really be obsessed about growing our people and, somebody put their hand up and they said, why don't we be obsessed about hiring people that like to grow themselves? And I was like, Ooh, that's really good. Um, yeah. that, that when you hire these self-driven learners, they're always going to be working on growing themselves and it doesn't become like pushing a rope. And so it was just an interesting concept is to make that part of your recruiting. Um, you know, what you're looking for as a person is someone who is always into the self growth and then you just line them up with business books and off they go. Yeah. So we, we've definitely got in the hiring, um, uh, approach now i mean it was it was there anyway but we put i put a little bit more structure around it with with the team so we're, we're looking for that 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 individual that's curious um i mean i've had that through my entire career i think it's helped it's held me in good stead i've always wanted to know how something works before i tell somebody else to do it um and i've wanted to learn consistently so um i've never been the greatest reader by the way but um you know that that that's something i'm growing into but i think looking for that curious behavior um is, is critical right now so that yeah, we don't want 
arguably no one wants passages in their business, right? We, we can't afford to carry anyone. And, and, and it's, it's letting our customers down if we do. So right. yeah, we do have that as a priority in the business to make sure we hire the right kind of individual that is curious and that wants to learn and grow. Tell me about um, any insights that you picked up at the CO Alliance event that you came to. I mean, our last event that you were at, the, the theme was budgeting, uh, reporting, planning, goal setting. Can you walk me through any of the big insights that you walked away with there? Yeah, I mean, there was many. There was many. Um, I think the some of the um, the approaches that I picked up from you know what you presented around um, sort of running the business um, with you know some of the forms, some of the some of the ways we can look at it, making you know difficult decisions, um, etc. I think the session around budgeting was 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 great. I mean, it was, it was front of mind. I'd, I'd literally um, just hired a financial controller um, to take our you know, accounting and, and finance practice in-house. So, I mean, everything I've been working on over the last sort of three months, it, it just came to an, a, a great position for that session to get into it. I mean, some of the key takeaways um, were around, I think, outside of the thing around budgeting was around meetings. Um, so thank you very much for sharing um, meetings. Mm-hmm. Suck. Um, definitely implementing that. And that, that'll probably be one of the next books in, in the reading club going forward. Um as, as you as you're probably aware we also um already started the vivid vision approach so that that's in its final um element of production so hopefully we'll be able to share that with you over the coming weeks um, if you haven't already awesome. seen a draft of that so you know they're, they're two you know big takeaways i think the, the one that really did resonate um and it resonated not just where i am now but my entire career is is um you know allowing it mediocre individuals to, to exist in the business. I mean, I, I forget the exact term that you were looking at, but I think if I look in my career, um, you know, having the wrong staff in the organization, you just don't realize um, the impact that has, not only to them, but also to the rest of the business and the leadership team. And, it, you know, your, your logic around 15x cost um, to the business really did um, resonate. Um, you know, again, primarily around previous career, thinking that, you know, in, in, in my corporate world, you know, I, I had, you know, you, you don't turn a blind eye to it, but, you, you know, you, sometimes you don't have the ability to address it. Uh, and I didn't, you know, I look back now and think that, you know, that was a major impact of um, slowing down opportunity for success and growth. Um, again, the, in most cases, um, really good people just in the wrong role. And, you know, the way that operating model worked in prior prior organizations just actually we let them down and we let the business down um and we should have taken speedier decision on it well it's weird we end up spending so much of our time taking care of our c players instead of getting rid of our c players and spending our time with our a and b players and giving them the the real time that they need right yeah agreed agreed and um yeah and i and i've touched on it a couple of times in in my career with with other experts that have sort of looked outside in and given some advice um and again it it ties back to a lot a lot of what we're doing on the front line with with, with our clients right it's, it's one of the um key aspects of um you know our, our advice we would give to a client um and i do wonder whether you know the, the the traditional management consultancy model doesn't get into that level of detail in the right way to to sort of flush that out um and it comes back to us being you know relentless on the qualification right up front um you know if you're not if you can't make some tough decisions um and you're going to allow that to continue to exist in the business you're going to struggle to change and transform 
Yeah, very cool. You guys have really got the, the right insight and the right balance and all that. How about yourself? Any, um, is there any kind of core lessons that you've really adopted or had to change over the last 12 months for yourself? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, as, as my career has changed over time, um, I, I've naturally um, grown in a very stable way into having different responsibilities and um, in my different leadership roles. I think what what arguably I wasn't prepared for was the the sheer extent of a, a, a true COO position uh, and and the, and the breadth of that and the importance of it. So, admittedly, over many many years, I've picked up the skills uh, and capability to 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 be able to position myself in that role. But to now be in it. Um, Right in the beginning was like wow, this is um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot to do, and I, I do joke with Pat. We built quite a quite a, a structured transition plan, which you know was very visible to the entire business. By the way, it was it wasn't just between me and him, and I think it was like a, a 12 month plan that ended up being 12 weeks. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that I think the cadence. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm a hard worker anyway. I always have been in my career, um, but I think the, the the cadence and the rate of activity, um, you know, me and the chief transformation officer that started at the same time, Darren Linden, you know, we, we were, we were talking to each other and sharing it with the team that, you know, we were doing in a week when a corporate could take a month or three months. Uh, and that, that was, that was a huge learning, um, it, but it was a great one because you, yeah. you felt like every day was a good day. Um, and, and we generally said to each other, actually, we, we don't come to work anymore. <laughs> it is, it's a different kind of work and that's great. I mean, it's a great environment to be in, um, but it, but it, but it had purpose and, and every day you walk away going, I made a difference. Um, and I've just got a great opportunity and that, you know, with, with what Pat's given me to have, you know, full spectrum and management over the entire organization to be able to help everyone on that journey as well. So, yeah, I think the, the is the complexity, the speed, um, the, I think the, the other, the interesting one is, you know, with a, an entrepreneur led organization is, you know, we, we can make a decision there and then. And that, that was interesting. That was one, you know, one, was, one byproduct of not working in a corporate. And I'm like, wow, I can actually, we can actually design <laughs> it and implement it right now. Uh, it's good <laughs> and bad. It's good and bad. Well, it's, a, it's amazing. My girlfriend worked for, for a very large organization and she was always frustrated at the amount of time that would be wasted without anything getting done. And then the amount of time where people would work on getting something done. And by the time it went out the door, they wanted to change it again. And uh, in the entrepreneurial environment, that just doesn't happen, right? It's, it is very much momentum creating momentum, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was, I think no one could, well, maybe um, but, I, I could have got more prepped for that, but yeah, that was, it was a, it was a positive outcome. And, you know, I've, I think Pat would uh, definitely risen to that, to that challenge um, and, and to the team, but. Uh, tell me about what yeah. you mean. It was bad though. Cause there's something there. There's a lesson in there that is, are we too entrepreneurial at times? And what do you see as the detriment of that? Yeah, well, that, 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 I think we, we touched on it earlier that because it is so easy to, to change and pivot, um, you could do it literally every day. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a there's definitely a part of my, my career living in a corporate environment when, where I think that, that stability is needed. So, we, we, you know, we arguably we did set out probably to, without knowing it, boil the ocean, right? So we needed to sort of rein that back and get, you know, grounded around, you know, what we've got is five strategic pillars um, that everyone aligns to in the organization um, and make sure that we, we get something into production before we start reinventing it. So, you know, I think we're very conscious we, we want to build, you know, assets in the organization that we can share with our community and our clients. Um, 
which is great. We can continue to do that, but we don't want to keep reinventing the business. So I think we've, we've definitely grounded that over the um, the last six months. Um, what we talk about right now is moving from SNS 1.0 to 2.0. Um, and, and actually that starts next week. We, we agreed, you know, the, the, the line in the sand was the 1st of April, 2020. And, wow. and you know, that is now next week. So, and that's grounded everyone. It's given everyone very clear direction over the vision of the business and what we're doing. So I'd, I'd be remiss to not ask if, about any of the lessons that you've learned from dealing in this kind of COVID-19 environment. I mean, you're right in the thick of it right now. The UK is just starting to um, kind of, I don't even think you've hit the panic stage yet. Um, I think we're probably another week away from that happening. Like New York is really at its the, the, the height of its current panic anyway. What, what have you learned as a company? How have you had to adopt um, or adapt, I guess, as a company right now in this, in this environment that we're in? Any big lessons? Yeah, yeah I mean, there's there's there's, there's, a, there's a lot there's loads from that. I mean, the key ones mm. are always strength of leadership. Um, as much as um, it is a is a frightening time, there's lots of unknowns. Uh, I mean, there is some hope when you look at where China are now. But you know, we our team is is, is relatively young. Um, they've not experienced a, a recession in most cases. I mean, I, I remember that I was when I was planning for the Millennium Bug <laughs> um, a few years back. So. You know, I think strength of leadership has been key, um, especially in my role. Um, you know, I, I, if the teams think I'm worried and they can see I'm worried, that, that would seriously worry them. So I've had to really, um, you know, genuinely um, provide that strength of leadership. But, and not only the team, but also to Pat as C, CEO, right? Um, you know, I've got, got control over the numbers, the projections, um, the investments we're making. So we had to quickly get into, um, you know, a, a risk analysis on different scenarios that could play out. So I, I quickly went into that mode weeks back. And, and actually, I'd already written our announcement um, probably eight weeks ago. Um, I'd already sat down with the um, with Jess, who leads our, our PR function, to, to really get into it. I said, we've got to start planning before we start panicking. Mm. So I, um, you know, I, I, I didn't have foresight, and I, I generally hoped I got it wrong, but I could see something like this happening. So we started to, while we could, when we was, you know, in a very, you know, stable environment, sensible environment, start planning, writing the comms, building the plans. And I'd already started building some of the analysis of what could happen around revenue streams and what we would need to do around cost management as well. And so, yeah, that, that advanced planning and prep, definitely key takeaway. Don't, you know, you know, I think different countries have approached it in different ways to try and manage and promote a positive view but i think you know in a coo role I, I sort of had to plan for the worst and hope for the best um but getting into that early was key so yeah with strength of leadership for the team planning and prep um and again constant um evaluation of that um we we've had to really dial up the intensity around um our visibility within the business around the numbers so i, I I don't think it's overkill, but we've got into a daily cadence on that. Um, it was great timing of me hiring a financial controller to be able to, um, you know, to delegate a big part of that to, to that to that lady. But that, that's critical right now, you know, to get a sense of what's happening within our client base, um, so we can, you know, we can foresee any changes there, both good and bad, and then making sure that the planning and budgeting is is just um, flawless, um, so that we yeah. can make the right decisions. It's great. Yeah, I think there's something that's coming right now in terms of leadership where we have to be able to continually provide perspective to the rest of our team too, that leadership has to be that state of calm and reason and focus that I had um, someone send me a note this morning and 
he said, you know, there's 500,000 people on the planet right now that, that have the disease. And then I quickly did the math and I, and I emailed them back right away. And I said, well, there's 500,000 people that have it. And there's 7,499,500 people who don't. Yeah. And when you look at, when you look at the numbers and, and put perspective, you're like, oh fuck. Like it's not even a rounding error still. Like, you know, it's yes. Okay. A half a million people have got it, but you know, it, 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 you know, you even think about the UK, right? I don't know how many million people are in the UK. Well, we have to be able to provide that state of common perspective and yes, take things seriously, but also get back to work and, um, you know, keep focused. Otherwise that we have, we have companies that are at risk as well and people's jobs as well. But yeah, it's definitely it's not. Time. It is, I think what we is, is one of our core values around sort of community, um, community first level commerce. Right. And, and we're, we're definitely dialing that up now. We, we, we are, we're running, um, you know, webinars, virtual webinars now to to basically help provide advisory boards to to clients. Um, you know, as mentioned, some of the, you know some of the workshops around how to how to manage working from home. Um, we're definitely trying to to help our community, whether it's clients or associates and those contractors, because I think it's critical right now that we pay it forward. And we're seeing some really in the UK, especially some really amazing changes and um, around big corporates um, really paying it forward and doing the mm. right thing um so i'm Huge. not but but it's really it's quite humbling actually to see what's happening the the world is really uniting and, and, and we're looking after each other as humans um yeah so there's some great stuff coming out of that for sure yeah definitely kevin if you were to go back and and talk to your 21 year old 22 year old self you're graduating from university or college and you're getting ready to embark on your career what word of advice would you go back and give yourself then that you you know now you know it to be true, but you wouldn't have known at twenty one or twenty two? Yeah, that's a great one. That is a great one. I mean, I I, I think generally I'd say, don't be afraid, don't overthink it. Um, I think in you know one of my qualities around being curious uh, and wanting to know how everything works is all, that also helped me back in the early part of my career because I I overthought it. Um, I was too worried about. Um, you know, what others might think and the impact of it, you know. Um, and so I definitely would give that advice to myself. Um, don't, don't overthink it. Be brave. Um, take take one step at a time, but but don't hold back, right? Don't let anyone knock you back or, or you know, just keep moving forward. Be positive. Um, I'm not saying, I, you know, I, I had a great career. Um, at, you know, those early days, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. But I look back now and think, you know, I, I could have had, I could have made a massive difference earlier on in my twenties and thirties um, compared to, you know, what I did do. Um, so yeah, I, I, and I'm looking at my kids right now, actually, you know, I'm trying to make sure that I create an environment. Um, so they've got the confidence to, um, to you know, tackle it in the right way. Cause it's going to be a really, it's going to, you know, the world they're going to grow up in is going to look different. Um, so I want to give them all the confidence and capability to be able to, to approach, you know, their, their career and their, their time in the world in a very different way. I love it. Good for you. All right, Kevin. Kevin Korn, the Chief Operating Officer for Sullivan Stanley. Thank you so much for um, being here with us on the Second Command podcast today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Cameron. I loved it. Thank you. All right, man. Say hi to Pat as well. Take care. I will. Bye. You've been listening to Second in Command, brought to you by COO Alliance founder Cameron Harold. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to us on Himalaya for access to our premium content. For more best practices from industry-leading COOs, visit COOalliance.com.